had to choose, I would still choose you. After all the things society has told you to imbue, somehow your light has been able to shine, able through. To shine through. The power resides within divine feminine, not only in women, but also in men. In men. The balance obtained here is what will light our feet on the path to come. It is the strength that we keep near that will allow our spirits to hold steadfast and not succumb. The energy of love, of love, of light, of light, of all creation. The spark of light in the womb that combusts evolves into a nation. Into a nation. The divine feminine, the power held so dearly. The divine feminine, the scope that allows us to see one humanity again so clearly. The power that we hold, the sparkling in our eyes, how our self and inner beauty unfold in the truth seen beyond the disguise. Oh, you are divine, divine Mother, Nature. Mother Nature. Mother Earth, Mother Earth. I am thankful daily for all of the miracles that you birth. When I sit and I truly ponder, the things that I'm grateful for, my heart, my heart does not wander. Because I know truth, and truth is love. If you live through understanding of self, then nothing comes above. When you understand your oneness with nature and all else that surrounds, you stop being disturbed by all of the external sounds. You realize the silence within yourself. You understand the meaning of true wealth. It is your health. It is your health. Everything you intake then becomes part of your body, your temple, your physical your self. Physical self. Understand that the keys to your keys kingdom, to your kingdom again, again lie within yourself. With all of this, we must remember, there is nothing here with which we are not members. We must honor and respect the environment as ourselves because we are directly impacted by everything we output and that equates to our health. To our health. Kindness, kindness, love, love, grace. Great. Allow heaven to become embodiment, much more than a place. And when things seem difficult, you are able to face, because through your divine, through your divine feminine, feminine, you will recall your righteousness that cannot be replaced. And now, high-level conversations with 19 Keys. Nineteen 
Peace family, 19 Keys tapping in with you. A whole nother high level conversation. Today we have very esteemed, special, sacred guest on here with very powerful divine timing because we are in a time where we are uh, lacking so much of ourselves and our connection to higher source and higher divinity. And today's guests directly, I believe, have a message and have a history in correlation with reconnecting people back to that divine source. Specifically, last episode, we had true masculinity with Mike Rashid. And I wanted to be able to bring a balance to that conversation, speaking on true femininity, right? Divine femininity, sacred femininity, um, womb intelligence, you understand me? Um, the divine womb, the sacred womb, and none other than the esteemed Queen Afur, who has a best-selling book that I believe almost everybody has either heard of or they have. You understand me? And this is a book that I believe has helped millions of women and men around the world by getting information from, you know, a source that connects them back to ancient culture, an ancient knowledge, an ancient source, mm -hmm. right? And I believe that in today's age, we dissect everything and we deconstruct everything without putting something better in its place. We are a very destructive uh, society and generation today. So that reconnection, I believe, is the exact lifeline that we need to become full breathing human beings again in connection with our masculine and divine feminine. So I have none other than Queen Afua here. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And not only that, we have her gangster, vegan, you understand me, musical, you understand me, genius, bodybuilding, divine, masculine son here, you understand me, in his own right, supernova slum. But this, this brother deserves a separate um, introduction. Um, and the reason that I asked both of them to be here is because not only that it's, it's necessary to see the queen, right, in her full aesthetic, um, but her son, you understand me, who is a king in his own right, and it's a family, right? And to have a lineage of healers, right, and have a lineage of reconnectors, I think is probably one of the most powerful things that I can see in modern time and modern day, you understand me? Because oftentimes healers have not healed their family, you understand me? And so I think that is a direct reference that as a mother, as a queen, she knows what she's doing. And for a son to be able to take that guidance, because I believe that my mother was always right, I just didn't always listen, mm -hmm. you understand me? And the world is under-mothered, mm -hmm. it's under-fathered, wow. you understand me? And I think that the remothering and the refathering of society replaces all that we've been missing in our genetics and our DNA, and that begins the healing process. So, I want to thank you all for being here. Oh, we're delighted. <laughs> we're delighted. It's a blessing, family. Salam. Thank you. Thank Salute. you so much. So, man, let's, let's get into it. You know, here we have conversations. You understand me? And these conversations are meant to be high level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, anything of sacred and divinity is high level. You understand me? And, you know, a lot of the world talks about things of material possession, even when they speak on the masculine or the feminine side. But I want to start with asking you a question about what is sacredness first? Sacredness is the oneness with the divine that is ever present through every breath, every thought, every movement, every coming and going. The purpose of connecting 
uh, or just announcing what's already inside of us, it empowers us. Mm -hmm. It allows us to get a reset, to get a renewal, to purge the domination, the suppression that has happened to our people. This is a, a, a new beginning for many of us. And it takes so many of the women coming in because the women birth, we carry, mm -hmm. we conceive, mm -hmm. we carry, and we bring life into the world. And what I've, what I've watched and observed that depending on the frequency of the woman, whether she's in her sacred zone or conscious, because we're sacred by birth, but if she's aware of the connection of the Most High within her through every single step of her life, when she becomes aware of that, then she gets a chance to birth greatness. Mm. You said announcing, mm. and I think that that was powerful. What, what, what's, what is that... What is that process of announcing, right, that sacredness within you, announcing that God, that giant within you? Mm. Well, it, it brings me to the prayer that sacred women um, speak. I say, sacred women in the making, mm. sacred women reawaken. And I'm talking about the first mother of civilization. Mm. Because when we awake, then we birth everyone, everything around us. So then we must sit on our seat, mm. and our seat is our throne, and our throne is in our ucha. Mm. That sitting on the seat means that your mind is elevated, mm. that your heart is healed in the spirit of my aunt, that you get a chance to birth your purpose through Meshkinet, that you come into the light of Mother Newt, who's over the entire planet on a cosmological level. Mm. So as we begin to come into our rightful place as the melanin woman, as the first mother, then everyone in the world begins to shift. That's why I said we can heal the world. Mm. You know, um, there is a beautiful movement of enlightenment um, of women across the planet Earth, you know, finding themselves, seating themselves, announcing themselves mm. to the world um, to take up space. You understand me? And to take rights, right? But there's something different when you talk about the black woman, you know, for a black woman to announce herself and to awaken herself. It's not just a woman, but a black woman. You understand me? And I think that there's, there's such a powerful reference in not just getting lost in I am a woman, but I am a black woman, because that is a recognition of source. You understand me? That is a recognition of her own DNA mm. and what exists within her and also the responsibility that she's held to hold up the world mm. and to produce the world because the world has come through her womb. So I believe that that within itself, that announcing first that, yes, you are a woman, but you are a black woman, you understand me, is an activation mm. that I think a lot of women may be missing today. You understand me? And partially because of the intersection but I think that separation is key of defining who we are to be able to see ourselves first. Before we do any intermingling with anybody else, we have to see who we are first. Right. You understand me? Therefore, you know who and what you fit into. You right? Um, and so I wanted to ask you about that. Like, do you find that important that uh, a black woman specifically announces or recognizes that she is a black woman? You understand me? Mm -hmm as well as recognizing she is a woman or 
the ambiguity of I'm just a woman is enough? No, no, it's not enough because we set the tone, the black woman, the first mother, she sets the tone. She created everything. Everything came out of her. So then how do we follow the daughters? The mother has to be the one that the children will follow. Since she's the first of civilization and everything, I, I, I bring it to holistic health of now. Holistic health is not something that is new age. Holistic health is ancient. It is from antiquity. When I to study and to gather um, our body members and sacred women, I would say, hmm, so where did uh, aromatherapy come from? That's African natural lifestyle. That's our culture. Where did hydrotherapy, polarity, energy work, where was it born? It's African natural lifestyle. Nature, the elemental healings, AFI, water, earth, all that medicine is African natural lifestyle, fasting, cleansing, yoga practice, meditation, mm. um, affirmations, all that is African natural lifestyle, predates all the way back in the beginning. So who are these women? They were me. Mm. They're us. So if we are following the daughters, we don't follow the ones came behind us as the mothers. The mothers set the tone and then the daughters get a chance to rebirth themselves. Mm. And I see it in, in real time when mothers are angry or upset about their children, I said, stop focusing on the outside of you. Focus on the inner plane of you. And as you begin to remake yourself, renew yourself, follow your cultural holistic healing, then you become reborn. And then when you speak to your children and you live that path, they will elevate because of you. So we really are setting the tone for the for women around the planet to heal because they're all in bondage. The women are not lifted up. The women are the primary healers of the home. We, it's been flipped. We are the doctors of our home. We are the medicine women of our home. And so when a woman taps into nature's medicine and she begins to heal herself, automatically she's going to heal her mate. And he's going to be elevated. Automatically she's going to heal and restore her children. Automatically, as she heals her womb, then she births children on the highest frequency. And every thought she thinks comes on the highest frequency. So we can't, it's been flip-flop. So we lost our power. So the goal of sacred women is to get your power back. So where is the power? The power is from inside. But what is inside? Right now, it's madness. It's other people's culture. That is why we have broken families and broken homes and broken hearts and incest and rape. Well, we were stolen. First, they stole our culture. Come here, someone comes to your house, they like your house because your house is so divine, and then they want to move into your house. Next thing you know, they've taken over your house. Next thing you know, you got to run out your own house. They burn your libraries, they, they, they try to hide all your power. And, but, you, but, but you walk with it, so you're getting ready to go to Kemet. And I'm thinking about that. When you go, you're going to say, oh, so this is all me. Yeah. This is the whole world is coming to witness me and my power. And they're going to look on the walls, and they're going to look at you. And they're going to get confused. The people that come from out around the world, they're going to say, wait a minute, that's the power. Oh, he's the one. Mm. When we brought 60 women to Kemet through Tahuti Films, mm. and there were 10 women on the land. I say on the land because we are the originators of the land, the African women. And they came around us in a circle. They said, who are they? They started to sing to us. And the men were like looking like, what's happening here? Are they taking over our land? No, we're taking over your land. This is our land, but we are the land. 
We walk in the power. Wherever we go in the world, when you pick yourself up based on your culture, then you're lifted as a woman, no matter what your spiritual house is. See, sacred women also is a unifying factor. My father was a Garveyite. And my father would say, what's, the, what's wrong with the black people? We're not unified. If we can unify, then we can overcome insurmountable odds. My father was also an entrepreneur. He had his own business. So I followed his path, and his path helped me to walk in the power that I am in. Mm. And my mother, she nursed it. My mother supported my father. My father supported the family. And, and so they raised me up in that and my brothers. Mm. So I saw power. I saw undeniable power in the bloodline. And when I look at the women, I see the women are not feeling their power because they didn't have the mother and the father as an example of the power. And because of the, you know, 400 years of chattel slavery, mm -hmm. we, were to, we were designed to be slaves forever. And now they have the modern slavery and now we're in prison. So you have the new age slavery. Right. It's still slavery and bondage. Mm. And so it is to come out of the slave state, out of the disempowerment, to tap into your sacred power, not yours, but the creator that's in you, the most high that's in you, is giving you the breath and giving you the life force to do major transformation for yourself and all your family and your community. Mm. So sacredness is about waking up the healer, mm. <laughs> that she can heal herself. She doesn't have to have a hysterectomy. That's unnecessary and that is crazy because that's the end of our people with the hysterectomies. Mm. She doesn't have to have a fibroid tumor because she's angry, hurt, and enraged and through all the racism in every area of our lives. So we're imbibing it and we're eating it. It's in our dead food, mm -hmm. our GMO food, our processed food. So I show them all the women, all the ways to regain your power, to regain your strength and not to be fighting against each other, but to be in harmony with your power. So, you know, so that's the sacred journey. Mm, that was beautiful. I almost bought another book. <laughs> that was beautiful right there, boy. So, as I'm listening, you know, you kind of architected uh, an energy uh, of an idea of sacredness. And I start thinking about how, you know, women sort of despise the idea of being in the house nowadays right but in the concept that you are in the house with the family because you know, i think a lot of women be in the house nowadays but especially on social media just being in the house doing nothing looking good but but when it comes to building a family there's a despisal of playing any type of role in constructing a family right and so but the way you constructed it made me think about how the production of the house is creating this base of sacredness in this temple and this energetic place where things are being healed and birthed and manufactured. And I hmm. think because the science of that is lost of how to create a temple inside the house that a person may feel like it's a cage, mm -hmm. right? When it really is like your base, like the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, the woman's place is not in the home, that's her base. That's not her place, it's her base. Mm. That's where she runs everything else. Right. If she's the healer, that's where she's creating the herbs. Right. The people knocking on the house, asking mama in the neighborhood, like, do you have this, that or the third? That's where she has her education. Mm. She has her spiritual temple. She has her oil. She has all of these different things where she's manufacturing gods walking out that house. She's mm. manufacturing healed. She's manufacturing geniuses and a multitude of different things. So that house represents something different. Mm. But in today's time, that house represents a cell. You understand me? And so 
Women That's are the European consciousness. It's a cave. It's yeah. a cave for many, but it's not a cave for African minds and African spirit. A house is Nebit Head. My inner name, I'm Queen of Four Moot, Mother Nebit Head, the lady of the house, mm. the lady of the heavenly realm. That's what the house is. Mm. The house structure, there is a, a door. At the door is a feather. And the feather is about balancing the heart on the scales of my aunt. Mm -hmm. So in that house, that is what you're to receive. Inside of that house, there is a bowl that looks like a window, but that represents the tick. In that house, you're gonna be nourished. You're gonna be fortified. Above the house, there is another bowl, and that bowl has a wave of water on it. In that house, you'll be purified. She's the lady of the house, because you, in order to have a house, a home, that is divine, powerful, a house of medicine, that you have to become that medicine within your own body temple is the house. So wherever I go is my home. So the whole world is my home, actually. And wherever I place, wherever I am placed to do my work, my house begins. Right. So we just continue the home. So in that purification, liberation to purification, when you clean up your house, mm. your mind in your house, your thoughts mm. in your house, your heart and your past relationships in your house, your, your medicine, your food, you just won't let, when I first, got into as a teenager, and I got my small place, home. And I said, after I got rid of my asthma, my allergies, my hay fever, my PMS, and all the, a list of fast food, toxic living and eating, poisoning my house. And when I realized that there was a way out of this and I got out of it in the house, I got it through the healing baths. I got out of my sick house. I got it through the foods that I was eating. I got out of the, my lungs returned back to me. In my house, I was able to do my movement, my yoga and my meditation in my house. And so wherever I go, I now teach women how to reclaim their home. Their house is a wellness center. Mm -hmm. There's a doctor, um, I don't recall her name right now, but she is the doctor over the whole establishment. Over, she, she came in with President Obama. And she said that a home, you ha you know, healing is not only done in hospitals, in clinics, that healing is done in the home mm -hmm. and spiritual houses. Right. So when we shift that, then all the power of medicine comes back to the home. Mm -hmm. The biggest income for America and for all modern, so-called modern worlds is medicine. What happens when we turn the medicine inside the house? Mm -hmm. Then we don't have high blood pressure anymore. Our men are not dying from prostate cancer. We're not fighting in the home because we're not a quill and calm the spirit through the foods and the juices and the herbs and the teas, all of that, and the healing baths and the prayers and the meditation. The women's sacred when they know all of that. When they go through their journey, they know what that house is supposed to be. And each room in that house is consecrated, blessed, and charged up so they know how to work their clinic, mm -hmm. their hospital in their home. From the kitchen is your hydro, the kitchen is your healing laboratory. So you know soup, salads, juices, teas, dressings, everything is the medicine now. Every time somebody opens their mouth and eat, they're getting their blood clean. They're getting their kidneys repaired. They're getting their minds right, because she knows what to do. In that house, there is the, not the bathroom, but the hydrotherapy room. Because the normal bathroom, you just drop but what are you doing in that bathroom that's going to get you in your right mind and purge yourself? Yeah. Our ancestors, we, we had baths. We would go into spiritual baths. And the symbol of the bath was right by the bath in Kemet was Kepera. 
the sign for transformation. Mm. So in that water, when you're conscious, and you know what that water does? It takes away the pain, the trauma, the suffering, the hurt, the lack, the limitations, and you get a chance to allow that water to now restore your inner waters. Your 75, 80% of water now becomes flushed and cleansed. So now you come to your right mind. Now you know where the power dwells. Mm -hmm. The power is from inside of you. And in that bath, you get a chance to reconnect. Mm -hmm. You come out that bath, then you have a waterfall in your, in your hydrotherapy room. That waterfall, that's the water, that's the purging. We can, we can transmute anything. So now we're now in the shower clearing up our first eye so we can be in our right mind, not in our crazy mind, not in our vindictive mind, not in our uh, stressed out mind. We let that water, that waterfall go into our heart and clean up all those relationships that we're just having these serial killers inside of our own mm. psyche. And we start to wash and cleanse so we have healthy relationships going forward. Right. And in that water, you cleanse the wound because the cyst, the tumors and all of that is physical, emotional, psychological abuse from the system that we have eaten, that we're drinking, in our intimacy that we bring in. In that house and that water is coming on your spine, getting your nervous system back so you're not stressing and you're not anxious even in these times. Matter of fact, you're not stressing in these times, especially because you have the information and the knowledge in that house to go to that home and make it a real home, make it a healing home, make it a healing clinic. And when your family is, you look at your family, you say, oh, you have all these issues? I know just what to do. Right. Here's your teas, here's your juice, here's your bath, here's your prayers, here's your meditation. And they'll get it even if they don't want it, mm. if they're in your house. Mm. It can be just put a pot of cinnamon on the pot and everybody's fighting, put that on the whole, goes through the whole house Let's and purifies. If, 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 if a man meets a woman, what kind of tea is the sacred woman making? Well, it depends on the case. Well, it depends on the case. If he's not in his, if he's stressed out and angry and quick and he's... You make a, a um, chamomile, hops, valerian. Calm him down. And just calm him right on down. And matter of fact, if he don't want to drink it, put it in his bath. Mm. If he don't want to take a bath, because men don't, don't want to take a bath in the beginning until they get right, then you put it in your aromatherapy. Yeah. It's going, he's going to get the medicine. That's all you have to know. Or if he's not going to take it that way, then put it around his pillow in, in the form of oils. Mm. He's going to get it in his dream world. Mm. Or if in your house, you got to get your house right. See, now, that gets me to something. Because when you talk about home, you gave two concepts of the home, right? The, the body being the home and then the physical layer outside the home. I always tell people, you know, I, I can travel anywhere because... I'm not an animal. You understand me? I don't live in a cage. My home is I. I can never uh, run away from home because mm. this is my home. You understand me? So wherever I'm at, I'm at home, mm. right? But it gave me a concept of an idea that there's a lot of men that can be with a woman, right? But they can still be homeless because she's not a home. Mm. You understand me? And then there's a lot of men nowadays, you know, the, 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 the running joke is that, you know, a lot of guys are hobosexuals. Mm. You know, hobosexual is somebody who's in a relationship for a house. Mm. You understand me? A place to stay. Mm. So they're homeless. But at the same time, it's like when I, you see a relationship nowadays that if it's so shallow, that neither one of them are homes for the other. Mm. You understand me? So they never feel a place of comfort, a place of relaxation, right? And I know that probably one of the most powerful things is being able to be relaxed, right? Because in that relaxed state is where we start to heal. You understand me? It's like, you know, people like to cuddle because that's relaxation. Those are endorphins, that's comfort, that's protection. Mm. But oftentimes in society, we always feeling defensive. 
We always feeling that other people can see us. They can see our hurt, our harm, our trauma, our shadow self, right? And so relationships, I think, and I want to go back to this, this idea about mothering and fathering. I want to ask you a question too, Super. Um, because when we talk about a sacred relationship, right? And if I'm a man that meets a sacred woman, mm. what does that connection look like? And I see that you have a beautiful relationship going. So to you as a man, right? right uh, and enveloping these principles and this knowledge, you know, what does a sacred relationship look like as far as a man's duty and a woman's duty within that relationship? Well, beloved brother, thank you for the question. So um, me and my beloved, we're both on task, mm -hmm. life task and see, um, in order for a re relationship means exactly that relationship to move, right? So you have to be moving. And, and the question becomes, where are you moving to, mm -hmm. right? So in the initial courting of, um, of a partnership is when you see the garden of conscience, you start to really climatize to one another. Um, but then it, it requires you to feed and build and both tend to the garden. Now, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a third thing that happens in a relationship when the two come together. There's another body that's created called the union, mm -hmm. right? So the union must be fed, mm. right? And the union not is only fed by how you're, the women and men are loving each other and, and doing the task to feed the union, but it's his commitment to himself upon the time he attracted the magnetism of the relationship and her continue to do her work. Because somewhere in their development, they were doing something to magnetize to each other. What happens in relationships, we get so caught up in the, romantic, the romanticization of the exchange that we forget initially what was necessary for that spark to be continued to be mm -hmm. cultivated. And so I find that um, what works with me and my beloved is that she is on her life path and task. And then I, I come in and I support her. Yeah. On, on her vision and her ministry in the world and how she does her vibrational work. As, as, and, and the balance on that side is, you know, me um, working on myself and, and helping to uh, create a pathway for brothers to create a culture of men, men doing his own healing work. Mm -hmm. Then in turn, she supports me. So I find that the production of, of us pouring into each other's task, mm -hmm. it fortifies mm -hmm. the union. That is not me and you. Right. So the union is fed energetically and spiritually. And so when her ego was there or my ego was there, we fought out of harmony, out of my art, the union has enough akashe, enough stored up energy to remind us of why we're here, remind mm. us why we're on task, remind us why we're relaying and shipping and where we're moving to. Right, a higher purpose. Ashe, yeah. And, and, you know, I think- that, did, no, did that, Was that clear? No, that's okay, very yeah. clear. I think the higher purpose aspect, I think is key because I think connections are very shallow nowadays and that, you know, love is not enough to keep people together. You understand me? I think there has to be a vision. There has to be faith. There has to be something that connects you because love has different peaks and valleys. Right? So I want to add this to you, uh, beloved. You, you're going to Kemet in a few days. Yeah. Uh, our ancestors, um, the Kemetian ancestors, had a glyph for love. Mm. They called it myrrh. Unlike the Greek Greco-Romans who shaped it into a heart, which we all can, you know, energetically support now, their glyph or hieroglyph um, for myrrh was a plow. And if you understand what a plow is, a plow is, is what you need to tend to your garden, to mm. be cultivators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So if I love my brother 19 Keys, I'm loving him in the, sp in the, in the symbol of cultivating, you know, right. of, of shifting. If he right. says, brother, we're going to shift now, high-level conversations. The plow in our interaction 
would be the tool that we would use and remind each other why we are high level activators and mm -hmm. why we're doing the shifting. So That's it's just part of, yeah, it's a part of like Queen said earlier about, uh, you know, um, being, you know, women being the example of a home and you mentioned about relationships and peaks and valleys. If we can remember that we have to be working men and women for ourselves and with each other, right? And we, we're like, I'm a cultivator, you're a cultivator, and we're coming together to expand or make abundant in our cultivation. It's like how you work with the brothers in, in investing. You know, like you have a division, brothers will put you under this cryptocurrency, they mm -hmm. come in, they put, they, they, look, they put their plow in, they, they put right. a little something in, you teach them how to, how to plow their area digitally, they build other ones, and then you'll create, you'll create in manifestation the symbology of what love really is. It's just in a different manifestation. You, you, you said something that I think was key, just the symbolism of yeah. love, right? Because, you know, specifically, I mean, now globally, but specifically Western, you know, that symbol of a heart makes people only think of love and connection to emotion. You understand me? As a feeling. And so there's no connection between the logic of love, you understand me, or the thought process from that crown, that mm, higher mm. thought process. So people only activate love from here. Mm. And so when this is not being fed from an emotional level, then the love is, is gone because that's how you've defined it. Mm. But when it's a duty, then you think about all the other parts that need to be tended to as well in Absolutely. order for this to actually be a love connection. Come on. So I think the symbolism wow. of love has probably sold us the wrong idea. Yeah. You know, through movies and Disney and all of these different things. Like, if you got the concepts of love through entertainment, mm. you understand me? Then you're trying to entertain yourself through love by the time you get into it. Because you're looking for Prince Charming. You're looking for these fairy tale stories that don't exist. Mm. Because love can be war. Love can be peace. You understand me? But what keeps the people together through that? You understand me? That thread right there is love. That duty that each person has to each other. That work. The, yeah. the, 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 the cultural responsibility that you have, whatever you're building. It's yeah. like you can be building something and then a person get tired and say, I'm done. And it's like, no, we still got to get this done, but I don't feel like it. Well, damn, I wasn't about whether you love to do it. Like, we got a duty, right? And so when, like, a, uh, when it's a family or it's nation building, it's a much bigger duty than how you may feel mm -hmm. this week or at this moment. Right. But at the same time, both of you all sparked the thought to think about the aspect of, you know, I always taught that Islam is mathematics. Mathematics is Islam. And it's just about a way of life of living righteously. And, you know, two people come together. Right. They say one plus one equals two. Right. And I think that's when you have two people that are working just as individuals, because when two individuals come together, it's just two. Mm -hmm. But when you're working together to build something, one plus one equals three. Right. In the family model. Right. And so each relationship has to be producing a third entity right. in order for me to see it as like a powerful, productive relationship. Right. Otherwise, it's just two people coming in together to just energize each other to be the same. Mm. Right. But what is it producing? What is it producing? Because right. men and women come together to produce something. Right. Right. Like we are born functionally and biologically to work in service of each other that produces something when we come together. Right. Whether it's sexually, spiritually, whether it's financially, right. we're creating something. And I think that's probably the lost art is that men and women come together and they only think about each other and how they are in service of each other, but not what they building. And what you build are gonna hold that connection much stronger than it's just you. Yeah. Cause now you're like, nah, I, gotta, I, I got too much to lose. I can't do this. I gotta do this, that, and the third. We building this whole empire over here. Absolutely. That's the responsibility. But I wanna dial down for a second and talk about my eye. I think society, right, like, you know, most people, they be on the 48 laws of power, they ain't on the 42 laws of my eye. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's chiefly probably one of the bigger issues, especially in Western thought society, is that, you know, the 48 Laws of Power is about chaos, violence, control, power itself, you know, and power is corrupted. Mm. You understand me? When men and women get power, especially that are immature and not divine and submitting themselves to something of higher, it's going to corrupt them each and every time, and they're not doing it for the right intent. But the Ma'a, that's truth, order, and balance. Absolutely. Right? And so can you give us a brief explanation on, number one, what is Ma'at, right? And how did you find the Ma'at law? Mm-hmm. As you were talking, I just saw the line, which is the scale. Mm-hmm. And so Ma'at is all about the love. It's all about the heart. A whole civilization was based on that principle, Ma'at, a feminine principle. And so on one side of the scale is the heart, and the other side is a feather. So to let you know that every day your heart has become light. So envy, jealousy, backstabbing, we have to purge our heart. And you have to do it every day. And that's the judgment. So it lets you know that you're being judged every day. Are you in Ma'at? Right. Are you in Ma'at in the morning, in the rising, and then in the, after the day is done? So you have to say, I have not, or I will not, and then at the end of the day, you say, I have not. That's your check and balance. So it's like every day throughout the day, you have to come into my eyes. So what are you doing that's throwing you out of alignment? What are you doing that's throwing you out of truth, righteousness? That's love, harmony. When you hurt someone, you steal from them, you take from them, you throw them out of balance, you're out of balance. So you're hurting the heart. When we want to get back at someone, we're hurting our heart of our own people. Mm-hmm. So we have to learn how to balance our hearts out. Right. Holistic health is about that. Natural healing, dealing with the elements of nature, balances you out. So if we stay in nature, which is interred, it's another way of saying the divine, the most high, is interred, divine. So if we stay in nature, if we stay in that harmony, our hearts become light. That's why fasting is so important. Um, in all the spiritual houses, fasting is the primary mm-hmm. way of balancing yourself out, balancing out your heart, having forgiveness, helping your sister, your brother, is through healing of that heart, yeah. cleaning up that blood. So it's all about the balance, and that is the heart healing. This episode is brought to you by Goldwater. So I want to start somewhere new real quick um, about baby mamas and baby fathers. You know what I'm saying? I think this, I think this is like, this is equivalent to terrorism in our community. You understand me? Mental, spiritual, you understand me? Emotional terrorism on a daily basis. And I want to see if we can get to a basis of trying to figure out what are some of the solutions between solving the issues of anger, you understand me, that exist between mothers and fathers today, baby mothers and fathers today, you understand me, that tear them from being a family. Like somewhere right now, there's a young mother who hates her baby dad. You understand me? and she relies on the system to try to get back at him, right? And then somewhere there's a baby father who hates his baby mother, you understand me, for the same exact reasons. And when they get together, they're always clawing at each other, they're angry, they're yelling, he calls her bees, she curses him out, the whole nine. So where where does the repairment of those who are not particularly a family in the sense where they have order and structure and they're in the same home, but they share a child, you understand me? Which means they have a connection that's forever, but their relationship is severed. What is missing is the rites of passage has been destroyed. Absolutely. The rites of passage is to happen to make you a whole man and a whole whole woman from age 13 to 16. So I'm teaching women who are 20, 30, 
50, 60, and 70 years old, and the same for Man Healed by Cell Wellness Warriors. And because they missed that whole piece. So in that process of missing, mm -hmm. you're training how to be a whole man or a whole woman, then you get married because you're out, and you're out of your right mind, or you end up going from woman to woman or mm -hmm. man to man because you're looking for yourself, you're looking for your peace, you're looking for your hope, you're looking, but mm -hmm. you're not finding. Mm -hmm. And you're literally in the wilderness of your own soul. Mm -hmm. So right now, through the teachings, I have, I have witnessed the teachings yeah. of Sacred Woman. Sacred Woman has been going on for 35 years plus. Man Hill Thyself has really happened about nine, 10 years. Right. With Supernova Slaw, my son, I said, he, the man book, we have, we have this book together, Man Hill Thyself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, okay. I'll share. Right, and um, him and his spiritual cousin, okay. Hallelujah, yeah. my, my, my dearest friend, Queen Esther's son, I, I, we said we had to birth them. Mm. We actually had to be in sync 35, 40 years ago as sisters for the, for the not the struggle, but for the victory of our people. Mm. And they were raised as little children together. And so man held thyself. I witnessed the women being in sacred women, they fall off. They fall off if the man is not healing. That could be their mate, their father, their son. They're falling off. But now that Man Heal Thyself is in place, right. the women are now getting more empowered. The men are now getting more empowered. So they were coming, many of them were coming to divorce. And that was their last call. Yeah. And when they when you become a whole woman and you take time to heal your condition, yourself, your body, mind, your spirit, forgive your mother's mother's mother, seven generations back, and move forward. And then the man is doing the same thing. Now they come together mm -hmm. on purpose. Mm. empowered, cleaned up, not enraged from their past, but feeling empowered, becoming entrepreneurs, making their own money, being creative, all of that together now, we're building healthy families. I just had a session just last Sunday, and a woman was crying her heart, was just she was broken. She said, I cursed my children out. We're talking about using the word as medicine, word as power, and she said, okay, I have, I'm, I'm, please, my children, forgive me for yelling, for cursing, for being mad, for my past relationships. She started to cry and, and just weep. And then the husband showed up. He just came out of the room. Mm. This is now, this is on, uh, you know, in class. We're visually seeing it, all hundred of us. And he goes to hug her. I said, hug her in front of us. Hug her and, and embrace her for all the mothers and all the wives who don't have it so that we can get a vision. And he kissed her, he kissed her, he hugged her. And then he moved away and she just cried and wept more and he just consoled her because he's also man healed thyself. And under him was his baby. There was a baby, that baby was under him. That baby is now healing just because they're healing because they have reunited on the highest level that they have been able to forgive their mothers and their fathers on the journey. Because if stolen people, all we could do is forgive our people for whatever has happened. Because how could we even think and stand? They just, we are left for dead. It's only gonna resurrection through ourselves. So healing through the rites of passage. I have seen miracles happen within, holistic miracles and natural. When you know who you are as a woman and you know who you are as a man, yeah. then all you can do is birth healthy relationships. We won't have to break down. We just have nothing but breakthroughs now. Well, a lot of men, um, just 
general, I mean, our brothers and then global men have not had the culture of valuing themselves mm. on an internal level. Manhood is based upon what we can accumulate and what we can compete and dominate with and get. So our relationship with that mentality growing from a child to, you know, to a grown man, you're now competing to have the best of whatever is outside of you. And so you create a culture and a cadence based upon the best woman, the, you know, the raise your children in the best, you know, um, and these are all great tenants, right? But so many men, um, even who have been blessed to have the financial abundance, internally though, mm -hmm. when you look, a lot of them are addict, have a lot of addictions they're dealing with, and you're like, well, how come you are hurting? I, you seem like you got everything because right. society says man's, man's power is external. And so we see women, regardless of them having many baby daddies or many kids or many jobs, they make time for self-care. And this is why Circle Women has worked with moms for so long, because what's beautiful about it, it brings sisters from all tribes. You know, our Islamic family, our Hebrew Israelite family, our Kemetic family, our Buddhist family, they all come, the sisters come together to do the healing work. What happens is that women are leading that signal. So with the man heal thyself, rights of passage, the vision is to, regardless of what brother is, social, politically, economically, to give him the encouraging tools internally because he don't have to simp outside of himself. The woman outside of himself is a compliment to the God he is. Mm -hmm. unless, he, unless he can begin to go back and heal that five-year-old, the seven-year-old, the 10-year-old that may have been disappointed, let, let go, um, abused, raped, molested, or even in a, two fam in a family household and the parents may have not been in, in harmony. He's told to not cry, not show emotion, be quiet about it, mm -hmm. but to pursue the external version of what manhood is, which is good too, because remember, internal, external. But when you're only doing the external pursuit and you don't have that internal fortif fortification, um, it may come out and lash out by hurting your brother, it may come right. out and suppressing your woman, it may come out mm -hmm. in ways that you don't even you know, connect to. So the whole process is to create a safe space where brothers can come together and really work on that social emotional body in addition to their wellness body, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and working out and working on their mind. And um, I, I told the last uh, uh, formation, I told the brothers, I said, hey, listen, if you're formation Islam, I need you to bring them, be the most powerful Muslim you can in the next seven days. If you're from, you know, the nation of gods and earth, you need to be the powerful God. I don't care what you call yourself, we're going to take that, mm -hmm. pour into you these tenets so you can be the best version of yourself sovereign to you that way your relationships become a holistic complement to who you truly are yeah and you're no longer a stranger to yourself chasing uh the beauty of your woman well you're beautiful too, black man you know what i'm saying you need to turn on that light we talked earlier about um the house in ancient kemet one of the many names of the pahir of the, of the pharaohs was the nasut the kings another word is uh the paheru which means the lighthouse the house of light you know which is also reflection of the head heru, the, the, light, the light of the householder. So the pa herus, the nasut, you have to turn on your light. To turn on is an action. You know what I'm saying? That means you have to do something. So if I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm turning on my light, that means I have to be conscious that I have to be a doer, which goes back to what we said earlier segment about using the plow, being a worker. Mm -hmm. So it's really about encouraging our brothers uh, to wherever they are at in their growth and development, just giving them the, the excitement to want to repair himself. You know what I'm saying? So right. he can now better attract in the world. And even even if he's in a current relationship, baby's mother or wife, 
you know, if a man's taking sacred time, like Queen mentioned earlier, taking his spiritual baths, taking his gold water, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Definitely right, do that. right, taking yeah, <laughs> taking his gold water, <laughs> taking his moss, taking his mega greens, right? Yeah. Take, you know, really nourishing himself. And this every seven days of 19, we give brothers tasks that they have to complete. Uh, the first week is called the man, the man of the family man of unity and wealth. So we tell brothers to write down what is your vision in, in your understanding of what that means for you. And then you, when you come back to the formation, you're going to share that vision with your brother. So we can bear witness to right. the God and you voicing that, right? Another thing is before you even do that assignment, we have an assignment called uh, write a forgiveness letter to yourself. So go through a meditation, just get some quiet time. If, if there's a time in your life where you felt the most abandoned, the most neglected in your journey, you right now, what would you say to the ver that version of yourself just to give you a reassurance, mm. you know? So kind of like doing that, doing that, that that uh that transit that you know that intertransitional time journey to yourself right, right. hugging yourself and showing yourself that now that you're working to take action to turn you on right you got you in the future you know and 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 just just by doing that beloved brother so many brothers you know you know said you know they, they wept they 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 some of them said it was hard to write it but they wrote it and they were able to face themselves right and the more we can just create um exercises um and accountability for brothers to do things like that, it's like it's 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 a, it's a revolutionary. Because, no, that because that that's key. Awakened. Yeah, yeah. Because because not to cut the wisdom, yeah. but when it comes to like relationships, people don't really want to do the work, especially like unrepairable. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. And you can do it for the child, but you got to do it for yourself first. You can't do it for nobody else. You understand me? And I think what happens all the times is why a lot of change don't last because we do it for everybody else but ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. If you get in a relationship with somebody and then. Maybe she wants to start changing for you or doing some things, mm -hmm. but then when she gets into another relationship, she changes into another person, mm -hmm. right? Instead, you have to find out reasons to do things for yourself because that's going to last regardless of who you with, whether you by yourself or you with someone else, that's a true change, mm -hmm. right? A true evolution. And I think that, you know, we've gotten very good in society at just shape-shifting, you right. understand me? From one person to another, making... Mm -hmm everybody feel comfortable mm -hmm. without actually knowing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the healing process is such a lost art as well mm -hmm. that we don't know how to heal from the smallest things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so instead of, mm -hmm. you know, healing through things, we try to ignore them. Mm -hmm. You understand me? And see if we can just go through them instead of actually heal through them. Right. You understand right. me? And I think that that's something, especially when I see baby mothers and fathers, and oftentimes people regret that they didn't make it work or regret mm. that this person went on to be successful without them or mm. regret that they were immature to not see what they had or right. regret the fact that they slept with each other and weren't mature enough to think about consequences. Right. And they start blaming each other. They take all of that fire that starts to build up and they throw it at each other and they blame each other for all of the issues. Mm. And so that forgiveness, I know, first starts with accountability, you know, that when you take a look around 360 at your situation, that all of this is manufactured by your own actions. You know, and that may be hard for people to swallow. They say, well, this person did this, that, and the third. Well, those are not things you can control. Right. The one thing you can control is accountability for where you are right now. Absolutely. And in this moment, if you become accountable, then you take extreme ownership. Mm. And through extreme ownership, now you have extreme control. Absolutely. You have that ability to release yourself from the contracts that hold you. Because mm. trauma is like a contract. It's stuck in you mm. until you release yourself. But without reviewing it, you don't even know what's in the contract. Yeah, you don't right. know what binded you to that pain in the first place. Wow, wow. And you constantly relive it. Mm. And so sometimes 
a person's physical presence becomes a trigger mm. just within itself, mm. right? Because that might have been the last relationship where you made the most mistakes. Mm. You understand me? But instead of taking internal accountability, that person is a representation. Mm. It was their fault, not mine. Mm. I didn't do anything. I didn't, I wasn't immature or, and it's the same thing relationships to where we also get into them sometimes and it's like, people have to think they have to hate their ex, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's, that's a sad and it's toxic that almost everybody is somebody ex, you understand right, me? Right. Some people done matured and did better and living better, but there's an immaturity in society where people feel like they can't, you know, be happy for this person that progressed and now is treating someone else better. You understand me? But that's the selfishness and that's mm -hmm. a narcissism that exists. So I got a question that probably, you know, uh, it's not asked a lot for women, right? But do women have an ego? Because I don't think that mm. society ever deals with the reality. Because we, we, look, we talk about men all the time. You know what I'm saying? We already did that. We go, we go, go more. But the reality of it is this, though, and especially in the way of today's society where women are climbing in the job sector, in the business sector, mm. and becoming more successful in the man's world, right? They're at the top of these companies, political positions, and yeah. things of that nature. And I know that requires a masculization of self which also requires an ambition and requires an ego. But not only the question is twofold, do they have an ego and what do uh, feminine narcissism look like? You said my etching God out or etching the most high out. Hmm. It's not about domination of your masculine side or your feminine side. Right. It's about bringing them together. Right. It's asked, she sits on her seat of power, Asar, within you, the masculine side sits on his seat of power within us. Mm. We have the right brain. We, that's the place of creativity and meditation and intuition. prayers, intuition. And then we have the left side of us that brings the finance and creates an environment of a home. And that's inside of us. If you don't get become sovereign mm. within yourself, then you're just going to recreate the same relationship outside of yourself that is out of balance again. So it's really not the fault of outside. The, out, the relationships are all extensions of our consciousness, of our thoughts, of our feelings, of our lack, of our abundance. So if you keep blaming on the outside, you'll always be disempowered. It is to, the, the journey of the rites of passage in, this, in, the sake, in the form of sacred woman, may heal thyself, is medicine. You need your medicine. That's why you're upset. You don't have your proper medicine. People are medicating on drugs, alcohol. They're numbing themselves out, as opposed to awakening themselves up in each gateway. So if you, if you start to take, okay, let me heal me. Yeah. I'm not gonna look at you and you and you and my past and what's going on now. I'm gonna take time out, not out, but time in. Mm -hmm. So in the time in, I heal my womb. Mm -hmm. So I don't have fibroid tumors, I don't have cysts, I don't have chronic bleeding and, and pain. Which made me to the attitudes and the mood swings of yeah. why she's lashing out on her man because she's right. eternally she's got suffering. got that sickness right. in her womb. Right. She goes into the, the teachings of that gate. Then she goes into Hootie, what is she saying? Mm. For what she's saying is what she is creating. Mm. She's creating the environment from even the deadly environment of thinking the thoughts of anger and rage and, and, and pain inside. So what is she speaking out into the world? What is she speaking to her children? What is she speaking to her home? Okay. Mm. Then she goes in, that's, so that's word medicine. That's womb medicine. Then you have food as medicine. And you learn how to eat foods from the garden. So you find your inner peace. You find your inner prosperity. And then you go into movement as medicine. Mm. I have developed a form of womb yoga dance, a womb ka'ad where I teach women how to use their bodies to open up and unlock the treasure chest inside of us. Mm. So we get unstuck. 
And that's our medicine. And then we go to our inner child's medicine because beauty is not just out. Beauty is from within. But if you're still angry from the little seven-year-old girl mm. who might have suffered by the hand slap or curse or yell or incest, mm. you go into a teenager, still sick, and an adult woman. So you go into that inner child so you can tap into your true beauty. And from gateway to gateway of finding my eye, of waking up that second power of healing, yeah. of tapping into your city, your city, your power, using your meditation to see your vision and make it a reality, to coming out of the mud of Nefertum, out of the mud through fasting, cleansing, washing, you come out of the mud. Mm. I don't give you a pole to answer. You're working in clubs. Mm. You're, you're cursing people out. Mm. You're on drugs. It's okay. You're going to purge from wash. You're going to come up to the top of that where you're going to what? Blossom. Mm. And then you just keep going until you get into Meshkinet. And you hold on to your bricks, your purpose. And then you bear down and you birth yourself. And yourself will bring you your wealth. Mm. So going from gateway to gateway to gateway, that is how you become a whole woman. Mm. And as you become a whole woman, you'll attract a whole man. Mm. You'll attract whole, healthier children. Because all your children, what I learned about children is well, that Queen, they're all the you, you can A woman can only attract a whole man if a man is working on becoming whole. But she'll also identify if he's not whole because she right. can, she can recognize. Well, I was just I, just, I want to emphasize that point mm -hmm. yet, yeah, like Absolutely. you know, because there's a lot of brothers that mm -hmm. uh, who are attracted to women who are doing their sacred work, mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily trying to do the transformation. So they attract, they attract them, and women the ability to read a man can probably see something in him that can be blossomed one day. Hence, if he does the work, if he does the work. Right. So they'll come together in a union based upon what she thinks could be a possibility not to say where he may physically be, mentally, emotionally be. So they engage, so he's attracted to her because he says, but this, this woman is dynamic, she's phenomenal. She's in a culture, right, she's, right. you know, she comes from the nation, she comes from a single woman. So he's already attracted to that, not knowing that really if he's willing to do his work, she's a reflection of him. She's the, she is that other that side of the pole polarity. Okay. So look, let me, okay, I have a yeah. question directly related to that, submission. Yeah. Right. Where does submission come into play for the masculine and feminine? Because I know that this probably is a, another huge issue nowadays is women either don't believe in submission or don't know how to. Right. And men don't believe in submission, but also don't know when they should submit. You understand me? Or even if they should ever submit. So what is your take on submission? God it has to be the most high. It has to be Allah. It has to be in turn. It has to be God. It has to be Jehovah. The submission. Right. If I know that my woman is hosting the God, the goddess head, I am, I, I'm that submitting. Talk, talk. What happens when the queen knights the warrior? He gets on his knees, she takes that sword, and she knights him into his deployment to go defend the kingdom. He's submitting mm -hmm. to the majesty mm -hmm. of God, the Godhead in her. Yeah. So he kneels before the queen humbly, and him kneeling before God in, in her, She's knighting the God that she sees in him. She raises him up and he goes deploy in the spirit of God. See, we see the, the, the it's 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 what you say is is Islam, it's mathematics, which is my eye. If you're doing your if we're working back to the plow, if we're working based upon the glyph, the symbol of the ancients, if we out here working and putting in work of ourselves, and she's working on her Godhead, and I'm working on my Godhead. I will submit and humble because God will bless upon me the active duty tenant. So is she submitting to the God? Oh, so 
He submits to God. She submits to the God within him that he's submitting to. And then is he submitting to the nurture of that God to bring it out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, people, I, don't know, you, I, know, I don't know if y'all caught that. <laughs> In my head, I be seeing yeah, yeah. stuff. No, no, it's exactly. So, so, so I want to slow it down for a second. So it's like, all right, so like a man without a mission or a vision don't need a woman, right? Right. What he's submitting to, because you know, Muslim means one who submits his or her will to do the will of God, Come right? On. So a Muslim is supposed to submit their will to God. So your ability to produce and move and your will as far as how you move throughout reality and motion as a human being, that's your willpower, mm. right? And if you submit that, so mm. now for your movement and your mission is all for God, and that God is that goodness, that higher consciousness Absolutely. and divineness. So if a man is in movement of that, then she sees that. Then he tells her, like, this is what I'm submitting to. This is my vision. And she said, oh, I like that. As long as you're on that mission, right. I can, because the woman has all the cosmic ingredients to give Absolutely. birth to anything. Absolutely. She can provide all of the nurturing necessary in order for you to complete that. Absolutely. So as he's submitting here, you understand me? She's submitting to what he submits to mostly, but through him, right? And then he's internally taking back and saying that you have the power to help me produce that godhood and that mission outward into reality. So there's a reciprocal effect that goes in and then that's where the respect lies. You understand me? But there's too many men that have no mission Right. No vision, mm. nothing they submit to, and then they want someone else to submit to them. Right. You understand me? And then there are women that don't know how to nurture anything. They only know how to take from something, not how to help something produce more. And I think that that's the lost balance in art in the reality of human beings, but specifically men and women, because now we make it a combat rather than partnership. Well, well to, to, to your point, Keys, because that, that is, so it's, uh, we, 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 we build with our brothers and as master problem solvers. Everything you need is in you. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. a master problem solver. That goes with the Queen said earlier with you about it's all about the rights, you know, the rights of passage, making sure that, of course, our people had an interruption that we didn't have intergenerational rights of passages. So, and now in the wilderness of the, of the West, right, and wherever we may be in the diaspora, we have to set up these different modalities of rights to realign us, you know, to the original intent. You know, so yeah. this is what you're doing in business and, and, and economics. You're you're getting us back into the abundance consciousness. That's a rights of passage. When you say brothers join this, sisters join this, mm -hmm. you're giving us access to you know what the rights of passage is necessary for us to do power work. You know, saying yeah. in three D in Web three, right? So the same thing happens. You know, what Queen's talking about with with sacred women and, and helping these sisters. Remember, you know what I'm saying? Why the, the power? What is the power of nurturing? You know, and what I'm talking about with the brothers is um, taking a, accountability. You know what I'm saying? To begin to heal past a lot of that wound thing that you've been carrying for your whole manhood, address him so you can be a better version of yourself. Right. So we can support each other through these through these modalities um, and make no excuses. You know what I'm saying? To make those commitments. It, 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 it bursts. It bursts us in a new possibility. Absolutely. You know, uh, we did an Infinite Wealth Strategies, and one thing at the beginning of it had my sister come in. My sister came and taught a class about healing through your trauma to produce that businesswoman inside. Because one thing I know for a lot of women that come into the programs a lot of time is they have so many traumas that they can learn the information, they can grasp it, they got it mastered, but they can't produce. They can't give birth to anything. And you know, the, I believe that it's the trauma and the unhealed parts of self mm. that doesn't make the wound work properly, right? And, you know, I, I speak about womb intelligence, right? That a man's womb, because we only have one womb. A woman has two. She got the mind and she has the womb, 
right? So she can reduce physical children's uh, a reality that men would not know anything about, right? We can only empathize, you understand me, and be happy it's not us going through it. You understand me? <laughs> we appreciate y'all for doing that. <laughs> well, it looked like we'd be no children here. <laughs> but, you know, womb, womb, that, that sacred womb power, I want to harp on that for a second because every woman across this planet Earth is, is walking around with this power untapped. Not every single woman. There's a lot of women walking around untapped. And there's uh, 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 an infinite intelligence that's connected to the womb intelligence. We talk about gut intelligence, heart intelligence, brain intelligence, but womb intelligence is not something we talk about because it's often men that create the academia that breaks down the psychology connected to all of these different scientific fields. So, you know, there's not too many women that empowers women with that understanding. And then can, can in, in your interpretation, right, what is the power of the womb, not just in the creation of children, mm. right, but in the manifestation of things that lay in the imagination. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, I look at it, well, first on, on the level of uh, submitting, mm -hmm. submit. I submit to the divine presence of the Most High. Right. And there's no, I don't see the man as the head. I don't see the woman as the head. I think if we are, if you wake up and you, oh, come up at four o'clock in the morning and you pray and you meditate and you get a vision and then you bring it to the family and if the family's in tune, they will receive it. Mm. That can come from the feminine principle. It can come from the masculine principle. And if we stay in tune one to another, it's, a, it's an ocean, it's an ebb and flow of mm. respect, of honor. You have this, I have that. I'm picking up this, you picking up that. And then we move that energy together and that, to me, is the submission to the divine presence that's in every cell of the woman and in every cell of the man. That's what I was saying. And that's yeah. superpower to now, me. On that one, so in circumstances, right? Yes. Each one of us, men and women, have different abilities in different circumstances. So it's like, let's say, protection, right? That's, that's where a man automatically is going to lead. You understand me? Like, she might have ideas about this, but sis, let me, let me, let me, let me take care of this. This is where my superpowers kick in, right, right? right? And so, because I know in today's ideas of relationship, you know, not having any roles is what people like. Because I think it's more so, it's, there's no responsibility in that. We can just be fluid and flow with the reality of things. And I believe that you have an intelligence and an understanding and the concept that you just broke down that made me relate to the masses and they may be like, oh, I love what she just said, but I don't think there's no real interpretation of understanding there, mm. right? Because the way they're going to interpret is through ego. You understand me? Like, no, I'm this, I get this say, I get that. And right. it's like, right. well, there's certain areas that men lead and women lead better. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Like men are, we don't have emotional experience, right? We may have emotional intelligence, right? to be able to cipher through our emotions sometimes, but we don't actually have that much experience dealing with our emotions because we ignore them, right? And I was taught rise above emotions into the thinking of God, but to rise above them, you have to go through them in order to rise above them, not ignore them. Like you kind of like push them off to the side and they think that's rising above. Right, right. So you go through your whole life with a lack of emotional experience. And I think that that's why a lot of men don't understand their feminine side, mm -hmm. right? Donald Elijah Muhammad says 75% of the work is with the woman, yet he wrote message to the black man, but he said most of it was for the woman. And, but he gave a breakdown that man was mind. And so when he spoke on it, he didn't speak on it from, at least from my interpretation, from a patriarchal standpoint, 
but from the core of what the energy was, mm -hmm. right? So that every household has a mind, right? I do believe in the God triarch, man and woman working side by side. You understand? To be able to build and produce our, yeah. right? Instead of a matriarch or a patriarch. I think throughout reality, we've tried both systems and we ended up with the world that is current, yeah. mm -hmm. right? I think that if it was perfect, you understand me, then the world would have produced perfection, right? But at some point in time, civilizations, rulerships, you understand me? And regardless of what civilization you go to, we ended up where we are today. So I think that it requires us to take a look at this thing and say, all right, you know, if we want to build a better world, then we have to have a better system. Right. And I believe, of course, 100 percent that women are the key. Right. That, you know, we are the key. A hundred percent. I believe that we collectively because otherwise we're fighting amongst each other within ourselves. Mm. So the feminine principle has to protect also. She can protect by saying, don't go there. Mm. I picked up a message. Mm. I picked up a signal. Right, right. Don't pick up that phone. Mm. Don't go out. That's the feminine principle of protection. The masculine's gonna come out there with a sledgehammer and, and take somebody out. Right. So sometimes it's necessary to go there. So it's like knowing the vibration, the frequency of what you're working with, everybody gotta kick in. Right. right. It ain't about just me going to stand there and just let it happen. Right. It's not about him being unconscious right. and saying, well, what's happening? Just go crazy. <laughs> right. We have to actually bring both left and right brain together right. to protect one another, to protect our families. Absolutely. So that's, that's how, now on the womb. Mm. Well, hold on. Before we go okay. to the womb, because you said something. You said something about intuition, mm. right? Mm -hmm. That that woman's intuition is that protecting God, right? Like a man may have a big vision, but she has the details. Mm. You know I mean, that's often what I think about. Mm -hmm. And often why like a woman may see things that you may not see within yourself. You may be moving a certain way. You're like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I often use like you could have not had the, the tooth. Uh, uh, or your toothbrush in the right cup or something, and she noticed there's something off on him right now. <laughs> she see the detail, something going on. Right. Where he like, you tripping off that, I'm on this. Like, but I know you're not aligned. Mm -hmm. But being, con that, and I believe that that is connection with the womb intelligence, that intuition. Mm -hmm. And I think that men in today's time may be a lot of disconnected with the intuition because we regard feminine only as the replication of what a woman does rather than the connection of our own energy and source, mm -hmm. right. right? So the feminine aspect, when you talk about protection, I think that was so powerful because that's the understanding I'm talking about when you're breaking down those details and then a person can see how that harmonizes and works. Then let me add on to why y'all align with add protection. <laughs> well, let's go to Kevin. He's about to go to Kevin. So the crown of, the crown of, uh, of, Tutank Amen or Amen Ra Tutank, mm -hmm. King Tut. The 19-year-old king. The, right, right, 19, right? <laughs> uh, the, the crown, the Nimbus crown, right? Talking about protection. Yeah. Well, what's on the crown? Mm -hmm. It's the goddess of the south and the north. Nekbet Het, uh, Nekbet and Wajet. Yeah. So that's, that's, the, that's the vulture and that's the, that's the cobra. So the reason why you see the vulture and cobra on King Tut's first eye or above his crown was to symbolize that he has the protection of a goddess head from the south and the north, which is Smaitawi unification of both lands, upper and lower. So not only the lands, but the way the position of the cobra in um, the, the vulture uh, a position is showing the polarity of the female energy protecting his consciousness from external, you know, coming into his mind. So... Just, I just wanted to add that, add that to y'all when you said about protection and the power of protection. Yeah, I'll share. 
<laughs> now I would like to do some impeccable listening about this wound. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Gold Water. So, not only are we getting to this point where we're going to talk about womb intelligence, and I, I really want people to pay attention to this. Like, watch with mm. your kings, your queens, give us the five stars. <laughs> My show producer told me to do this, but it's serious. We got to do number one globally, right? Raise the consciousness all across the planet Earth. All right, back to us. <laughs> well, you can keep it real. I, can, I, right. I, I want, I want right. them comment. I want them five star. You feel me? I want to get to the top of this comment, thing. Comment, like, level. and subscribe, you know family. Yeah. Each one, teach one. Yeah. Each one, reach one. Yeah. Get ahead and run them numbers up. Yeah. First <laughs> way to prepare your baby mama and baby daddy relationships. Come on, let's subscribe go. Subscribe to that high level conversation. Co subscribe, <laughs> comment. You know you're doing like, some work. And share. We want you to do all the action steps. Comment, like, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, yes. you know, it's important. No, it's important to do to to give them the commandment, right? Because we are passing the high level conversation to you, and yes. if you join us in a high level conversation yes. and you're excited about it, now you go take this high level conversation to to your homes, your households, yes. your sisters, your brothers, everybody that needs it, and then then give them the assignment. Let them get this high level conversation and pass it on, and we just keep making this the new norm of us having high level conversations. So, yes. to, to Brother Key's point, let's let's do that. Ashe, all right, <laughs> we got the housekeeping. Now let's get to this womb intelligence. You mm. understand me? Um, what? And, and we didn't. Ask, I didn't ask this question yet. But so the two-part question is: What is feminine and what is womb intelligence? Mm. Feminine is the receptivity. It is the womb. It's being open. Um, it is intuitive. That's the feminine principle. And well, womb intelligence is about birthing. And I see the womb as three energy centers. Mm. It's a prayer. Awaken the womb of the mind for what we think, we birth, we create. Mm. Awaken the womb of the heart for what we feel, mm. we birth, we create. Awaken our seat of creation for what we think and what we feel. We birth through our seat of creation. That is the alignment. There are some women who have had a hysterectomy already, and they come into sacred woman, and they come in broken, just a thought, but they don't have a womb physical. But I said, even when the body leaves physically, it, the spirit is always there. Mm -hmm. If the womb has been removed due to life's challenges and not don't have, you don't have information how to keep your womb whole, mm. you still have the spirit of the womb. And in that spirit of the womb, you can birth anything. When I have books, I look at them as my babies. I carry them in my womb of my mind, my heart, my information, my knowledge, and then I bring them out. Mm. It's, and I, it's the same as conceiving children. Take the child in, carry the child, mm then go through the birth canal, the child, the baby come, returning assets that comes out, and then you take that child and you breastfeed and you nurture and you grow that child to be strong and healthy and vibrant. Thank you, Supernova. Ashe, thank you, Mom. <laughs> thank you. you. So, so I also want to talk about this book, Impeccable Listening, as you talk about the, the utility of womb intelligence is being able to birth things, like feminine energy births, right? Men, we don't give birth. Right. They give birth to concepts and ideas Concept, and womb, vision. Yeah, mental yeah, womb, mental birth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's also, that womb is still the feminine 
aspect. aspect yeah. You understand me? Because where we birth from is our subconscious area. Absolutely. Yeah. You can tell yourself to do something now, but we can't always give our subconscious a command. Right. We're not that in tune. It has to be a frequency that we're connected with because there's a lot of things we want to birth, right. but only what we're in tune with we actually give birth to. You understand me? And <laughs> so <laughs> from that darkness or that womb, yes, mm. that's the feminine. And I think when we talk about feminine, I think in society, like when a man thinks about tapping into their feminine side, especially in Hollywood, they think that well, if I dress like a woman or wear right. a purse or paint my nails or wear a wig, then I'm tapped into my feminine side because the connection is feminine is woman. They don't tap into the intuitive, the imagination, the right. creativity, creativity. Right. right, the self-care, their emotional intelligence and experience. That's not their connection with the feminine side. So there's a lot of lack of understanding what that energy already is that is that you have. It's not, oh, let me go wear pink today so right. I'm connected to feminine. It's like, what about being tapped into your emotional side and having empathy for other human absolutely. beings? Yeah, absolutely, right? and, yeah. Right, and, and hygiene and cleaning and, right, nurturing things and forgiving people and yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. That's feminine, absolutely. right? Yeah. So, like, when I do art, if I, to me, I, you know, all expression to me is feminine, yeah. right? Uh, because there's the, like, a man, there's, there's the logic of it, there's like the pure mathematics, and then there's the rhythm of it, yeah. right? And to me, the, the styling of what you do is the feminine aspect of it. Right. So there's plenty of feminine already, but we don't know how to regard and which is feminine and which is masculine. So often we don't even know we're doing feminine things. Right. And then so when we speak upon feminine principles, a woman feels attacked because it's like, well, you said this was a masculine, that was feminine. I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about just the feminine energy itself right 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 and so you know we take ownership of the masculine and we take ownership of the feminine but we don't know when we are connecting and in harmony with either or both and so that's why i like to uh as much as i can try to define things for people because we get lost to our own interpretations which are usually without study you understand me and that guides us right. for better understanding right um but I had another question, yeah, about this impeccable listening. You know, listening improves communication, right? I know that for a fact, that, you know, part of communicating is listening, yeah. right? Because um, oftentimes when we are speaking to people, we're only just waiting for our turn mm -hmm. to rebuttal, right? But we're not actually internalizing the messages that we're receiving. Right. And not only when we're listening to people, listening to divine, you understand me? like. I always tell people, like, going in a place by yourself and sitting in quiet, that's the ultimate way where you can start gaining control. But not only that, listening to your most original self. Mm. Because we're so drowned out with the world and the thoughts and man's machinations, the noises of cars, you understand me, and everything. But we never listen to God, you know. Uh, or, or observe God by going into nature and looking at the hue and sun gazing or stepping into nature and listening to the birds chirping at different frequencies or just sitting alone because most people are afraid of that internal voice, right? They're afraid of the images, the memories, the insecurities that exist when they're alone and they have to sit with themselves. Mm. So they drown it out through social rhythms. So I want to talk about the different layers of listening, right? Because when we talk about listening, we often think just human to human. But what about the internal and then the external listening to God? How do we start to listen to divine source more? And how do we know when we're listening to something that's righteous or it might be 
what's known as that devil on our shoulder guiding us in the wrong direction. It takes practice. Yeah. It takes sometimes falling on your face a lot. Mm. And when you fall, that's a great time to start to listen. That's when you can really reflect and you say, okay, how did I get on this ground again? How did I lose everything? How did things work against me as opposed to for me? In that moment is when you get some of your greatest enlightenment. And then when you ask the question, how did I get here and how do I get back up? And if you're ready, because when you're down, you're ready to hear. <laughs> it's when you get back up, you get boastful, I got it together. But when you're down, mm. there's a reason why you're down. Some things you did, you, you, you missed a step. You hear, you ask the question, how did I get here? That's the first thing. Take a deep breath. I got here because I didn't care for myself. I didn't love myself. You start, and it's going to start coming to you. And you're going to say, how do I stand up again? Mm. How do I overcome now? Cleanse, fast. You know, you'll start to get information. Now, you can ask the question, but if you don't listen, you practice listening. If you don't, if you hear it, but if you don't do what you just heard, because you're going to get an information, you're going to get guidance. And at that open moment, then you move with it, and yep. then you'll say, oh, I trusted myself. I did it. Things start to open up. Things start to break through. So then you, you scribe it. Mm. You record. Say, that is how I, this book came, all the books take me years to write, to channel. Mm. This book took me 12 weeks. Mm. It's unheard of. It only came from a question. I said, how? Do we end world suffering? That's my question. Mm. I asked you a year and a half ago when the pandemic hit. And as soon as I asked the question, it said, the divine in me, that impeccable listening. Mm. I said, impeccable listening. I said, what is impeccable listening about? And then I started to ask about impeccable listening. Impeccable seeing, mm. impeccable seeing, impeccable words, impeccable movements, which is, means you're moving in divine right order. You have been given instruction mm. from the divine. You can feel it, you can know it, you can sense it, and then you move on it. So you ask how, where's my finance? Where's my mate? Where is my home? How should I live? How do I end this cancer? How do I, you, you get, you're gonna get information. It's not only gonna come from what you're seeing, it's gonna come, somebody's gonna show up. Mm. It people, seems like out of nowhere, yeah, but it's not out of nowhere. It's right. from with inside of you. You ask the question, the person showed up, and you feel clear. You can say, oh, this person come give me the message I asked for this morning, mm. and now it's coming right now. You start to track it. What this impeccable listening did, it had me to track myself. Mm. When I first heard impeccable listening, I didn't know it until this book was written. I said, wait a minute, my first experienced impeccable. Listen, I was 16, 70 years of age. I had chronic asthma, allergies, hate, with PMS and everything. Mm. And I got off a bus and there was grass trees and everything. It was herbalist. There was natural people back in that day. And I got the bus to have this healing retreat. And I heard for the first time because the asthma kicked in. I didn't have my medication. I didn't have my drugs. Mm. I'd have a way out. So I thought, and I put my bag down, the wheezing kicked in, the stress kicked in. What am I going to do? I heard eat grapefruits lemons and oranges. Now I'm like looking around, 
And I looked to my left, there was a cafeteria, there was a bowl of fruit. I picked up a grapefruit, I picked up a, a lemon, I picked up water. And that whole day, I didn't know, I was impeccably listening. I fasted mm -hmm. the entire day. I heard a wise man, Dr. Johnny Moore, Master Herbert, for over 50 years, he was talking about holistic healing and natural mm -hmm. healing by cleansing. And I said, Where, who, who is this man? But I was impeccably guided over to stand before him as he was speaking. And that night, the most high, if you lay down, your lungs are going to collapse. You have no medication. So I sat up, my pillows like I'm on the sofa. Oh. There was a fireplace. I was led to sit in front of a fireplace. I didn't know that was my sweat lodge. I did not know that that day of having just water and limes and lemons, that that was my first fast. Oh. And then I went to sleep and I woke up, sitting up, and went to the bathroom before the day started, and then mucus drained out of my body for about an hour. Oh. That was the asthma. That was the allergies. That was the hay fever. That was the PMS. That was my toxic thoughts, my doubt and my fear. Mm. And when I came out, I said, wait a minute. There is a connection to what I'm putting in my body. I, ha I, I can get well because the asthma stopped without my drugs, without an injection, without a pump. And then I picked up a book. I was impeccably led. Mm. Dick Gregory, Cooking with Mother Nature. Mm. I picked up that book. That became my personal Bible. Did you know Dick Gregory? Yes, we've done some work together. I'm like this to him. <laughs> yeah. And I went home with his family of nine children and the wife. And they became my family through the readings. Mm. That was the impeccable listening. And I reflected as I was writing the book. That was my first stage of impeccable listening, hearing. And then I started to reflect on all the moments I was impeccably listening. Mm. And then the moments that I did not listen and then I had to suffer. And sometimes you go down the rabbit hole of not listening, of not tuning in, of wanting to do it your way, but your way is not the way. Mm. So I've learned, that's the beauty of age. Mm. I have learned to listen impeccably. Mm. And when I listen impeccably, I let go of whatever's not serving me. Yeah. And I embrace what is real according to the instructions given from out of my dreams, my visions, I hear it in the morning from walking, as you said, in nature. Mm -hmm. You can see, you can, your eye, not just these eyes, but this eye, the ucha, opens up and you can see the whole world. Mm -hmm. I see the whole world from here because I'm listening and I'm looking for the cues and the messages and the signs and the signals. It's all around us, everything. Mm -hmm. You have purple on today and you have gold. Mm -hmm. So the Most High is saying, look at Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. wow. Look at perfection. Look at the house in order. Mm. Look at the goal, the high frequency. That is what I'm looking at. But the creator set, set it up. What a drama. What a beautiful message of listening and being in tune. And so you said, I did this for you, but I did this for you. Right. You know? And Ashe. so that's the impeccably listening. I'm, I'm gonna, can I add on to 19? When you go when you go to Kemet, I want to give you this beloved. Um you'll you'll be you're going to be led because it's going to be oh. people going to be putting you in situations that probably the average folks won't have access to you because of your magnetism, your light will, the ancestors will move through them to have you access. When you get to certain rooms and temple areas, like, right, mm -hmm. then I'm going to give you three tones that I guarantee you're going to get report to me and queen how you felt. I want you to take a deep breath with me right now, right? We're going to exhale onk, the tone of onk, life. Oh. oh. So Ankh is the Holy Mother, the Holy Father, and the children. It's the black family. It's the body. It's this. 
Chant yeah. Ankh in the land where Ankh is originated from. Mm. Simple. And you got to speak the whole to and turn. You got to read the hieroglyphs. You chant Ankh and yeah. watch how those walls speak to you. The environment, the people, the next tone we'll give. Let's give him myrrh. We talked about earlier the, the, the plow, right? The love. So we, we, we want the ancestors to put love on you. We want a lot of grace you with love and everybody with you in safe passage. So we're going to give you the tone of, of myrrh that we want you to send to the walls when you're there. Breathing in. And that's just the love energy. That's the radiation love. And the last tone we'll give you that you're going to really be charged up because it's, it's hot. It's, it's fully exalted. The Aten Ra, or the, or the, the, the light revealed, which mm, is the Ra, the Ra, the Aten, is we're going to chant Ra. So um, when we were there, when I was with my mom 20 years ago there, she was some second woman. We were in the temple of Sekhmet, and we were chanting a prayer for Sekhmet, and we were chanting Ra, right? And then we were there for like 30 minutes, brother. I'll be the witness. The walls started sweating. We were raising that much frequency and energy. And everybody who was just passing by, we're, just, we're getting electrified from just the tones. So the third tone we want to charge you with that we want you to take with you is Ra. Breathing in. Ra. May the way be arranged for you. May you be illuminated. May the light and the sun in you be in tune with the Ra light outside of you and illuminate everywhere of your path and be protected. Ashe. If you're a shining being. Dwelling in light. I got two last questions when we get out of here. Queen, you have helped a lot of different people. You understand me? Um, celebrities, figures, I'm sure people I don't even know about, a lot of them. You understand me? Um, you know, I've seen you with Lauren London, Jada Pinkett Smith, um, Erica Badu, of course, your sisters. Um, what is it that you give specifically to these women that are in these high positions and of success? What is it that they, what they seek and that they find when they come to the queen mother? Liberation, freedom. They come out of bondage on different levels. They come out of the spirit of lack and woundedness. They're looking for the heart to heal. Mm. That's what they're looking for, broken hearts. Their mothers, many of you said earlier on that the one woman said to me that most women feel unmothered. Yeah, yes, profound you, know? you said And that. I tell them, yeah. because, and the reason why, because the mother's not to give you 100%. There's fathers, and there's grandparents, mm. and there's aunts, it's a village. and uncles. It takes a village, not just a mother, because you said, I want my mother to give me everything. Mm. Whatever I may be missing is all my mother. No, your mother is a part of a family and a community of people. That's why even if someone doesn't have a mate, they're not a single parent. They have a village. Right. Tap into your village. Mm. That's what I tell them. Tap into their village. So there's the women. We are a village of healed women. But we're not isolated from our men. We're a village of healed women looking at our reflection of our men, a village of healed men, and we bring it together. So they're looking for the wholeness. They're not even looking for one part of themselves. They're looking for the whole, their whole mm. being their body, mind, the spirit, this, they're looking for their forgiveness. Yeah. They're looking to reunite with their own mothers. They're angry at their fathers. 
the, so it's a lot of anger because we've stolen, but now we can repair and we can come back together. So I give them hope. And also I give them vitality. Because yeah. at my age, you're not supposed to have the vitality. But if you kind of grab, you know. You, like a, you, like you have a child energy. <laughs> yeah, well, I do a little mountain climb and I do my yoga, I dance, and I'm a biker. So yeah. if you do, but I said, you don't get lower when you get older. You get better with time. You get more seasoned, you get yeah. more divine. So you don't have to be afraid of age. You can embrace age and all the wisdom. I would not give up a moment of the wisdom that I've learned on this journey and the resilience and the overcoming. So I, I impart to them who they are, mm. that they're great. They're not to bow to me, but I'm here to help lift them up so they can see the divinity within themselves. Yeah. And thank you for that work because, you know, those are the, the, the mothers that have a lot of power and a lot of energy that they present to the rest of the world. So yeah. when you heal leaders, you're healing all those who are led by them as mm. well. Yeah. You understand me? And I believe Appreciate that that's some of the most important work. And then the other question, and, and then you can give testimonial to this, you raised a son, right? And you know, I believe your story is similar to mine when I'm younger and growing up in a Muslim household, but at the same time being in the streets, yeah. but then finding your way back into your own becoming. Absolutely. You know, how do you properly raise a son in today's time? There's a lot of women who are afraid mm. to raise a child or bring a child into this world. You understand me? So specifically as a black mother raising a black son and, you know, I, I, I believe that a lot of boys rebel against their mother because especially when a father is not there because you don't want to become your mother. Mm. When you look at your father, you want to become your father because you believe that that's my development to become a man. Mm. So oftentimes we rebel against what our mother tells us, not that we think is wrong, we just believe that if we listen wholly to everything that our mm. mother tells us, we become like her. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a natural rebellion to say that, nah, I know you said do it this way, I'm gonna try it my way though, you understand me? So I can become like my father, because mm. I know he not listening to you all the time. <laughs> Well, see, I was very clear. I separated from their father, and um, that was healthy for them, actually, that I separated mm -hmm. from, from the father. Mm. And um, because what we would have been together would have made them sick, mm. right? I woke up and realized, oh, I'm going to make them really sick if I stay here in this state of consciousness. So in raising them, I seeked out men in the community that were powerful role models. And I remember you were 12 or 13, or going on 13, and I brought him to a radio station to meet Imhotep Gary Bird. And I said, this is my son, <laughs> Supernova. And um, I said, I need you to charge him. I need you to fortify him. I need you to... And then I went to another elder. Um, that was Bob Lord then too. And then I went to another elder that was Kwame uh, Bobby Shangi. And I went to, I went to Sunil Angrasamar Sepata, and he actually took the training with him back um, as a child, yeah. right? So I was very conscious, go here, you need to get this information, go over here, you need to be charged over here, then over here, you go over here. So I was on a mission to make him whole. I have two sons to make him whole, and I have a daughter. So it was, the, it was that mission. And so I always said, that's why he would say, I've also put him in cultural schools. I said, you're not going to lose your soul in this world. And the schools were raising them. They also vegetarian lifestyle. So the lifestyle was yeah. consistent to my lifestyle. I think he went to Shechem and Shechem school for, for some years. So I went to various schools of the same consciousness that I had. And that would help. Because so, you can send your child to a regular school and come back. You don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. 
they can get lost and yeah. someone else putting whatever in their mind that is not anything to do with their wholeness. So it's the village. I tapped into the village. And see, back in the 60s, that's what we were doing, we were doing anyway. Mm. We were looking for our liberation. We were looking for our healing. The Black Nationalist Movement was there. Um, it was all the culture was starting to just swell up. And I was in the midst of all of that. And so I just gave that over to my children. And with all of that being said, I still went into the rites of passage of the streets. Yeah. Uh, mainly to 19 Key's point about the father. You know, my father at the time, uh, when my mother and him divorced, he made his descent from his, you know, God King ascent into crack cocaine. So, you know, on the weekends I'm in the projects with him, visiting him, and you know, he went from selling to using and have that, and then back with mom with everything she just said. So people only see her and see that side of me based upon her, not knowing that my father. You know, I tried to emulate that earlier in my when I hit my teens. You know, um, chasing what I what chasing his descent. You know, I was just attracted to the streets. You know, so I started hustling. I started. Uh, I didn't. I didn't do the drugs, hustling and drugs because of he was. You know, he succumbed to the crack cocaine. But I would. You know, illegal firearms, selling that and, and and boosting and making a lot of money like that as a young man until I almost lost my life. You know, and game banging and 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 that culmination. Um, I, it could have been worse, but. Everything she mentioned to you, 19, to pour into me and sit me in environment, that was all in me, even though I was going to the rights of passage in the street. Right, that light right. was still on me, you know? Um, and I think that's ultimately why I was able to survive, too, and come, like they say, prodigal son, you come home back to yourself. So I was able to make that, that solar rotation back into myself. And then everybody that I experienced the, the lowest side of myself in the streets with, once I came back into my, you know, you know, my original intent, now I had the experience of being in the streets. I had the foundation I came from, and then the mission became for me really to unify that hood, you know, and heal the hood, and really to take my work now in the polarity of, of, of trying to help reach out to other brothers and sisters who and that's are still man, heal thyself. Come, man, man, heal thyself is the is the is the culmination of many steps. So it it uh, once I came back to my knowledge of self, um, the first task at 18 I did was called unify the hood, heal the hood. In the yeah. East Coast, I'm really known. With the, with the G's, with the gangs, you know? And so there's a lot of med gang mediation in my city, you know, and up and down the East Coast. So I was responsible for bringing thousands of brothers together, you know, to form some types of ways to um, pull back into themselves. Yeah. Heal the hood, you know, the hood it was like, okay, we, we got unity, but brothers are still not loving themselves. So that's mm -hmm. when I said, okay, the holistic side. So I started to, you know, teach brothers about the holistic intention about body, mind, spirit, responsibility. So all of that culminated into what Man Heal Thyself was about. It's like, okay, so now we, it's wellness warrior. You know, taking that war that where the thug and the gangster would be one signal that we go to. Let's take that same warrior spirit and heal him up. Give mm -hmm. him those tools. Let's take him deep into his chamber of accountability so he can be a powerful warrior for himself and a better service for his women, his children, and his work in the world. So all that journey, you know, allowed me, if I didn't go into my father's, you know, gravitational pull at that at that young age. I don't think I would have been able to um, uh, receive the responsibility that is you know that was needed on me from moms to do this healing work. That that's beautiful. You know, Tupac once talked about how you know he got thug life tatted on his chest, but he said, you know, I'm always beat thug life. It's like the same way you get a diploma. Right. You know what I mean, just because you go to college, don't mean you no longer ha don't have your right. diploma. <laughs> right, right, but you graduate at some absolutely, point in time. Absolutely. And that graduation means you're going to a higher degree. Yeah. You understand me? And I believe that, you know, you go from, 
you know, trying to be a gangster. Yeah. But the true gangster is the one that take care of his family, Absolutely. take care of his neighborhood, Absolutely. feed everybody around, making Absolutely. sure everybody's safe and protected and solid. You know, we misconstrued the idea of gangster, yeah. and we only took the part of violence Absolutely. and corrupted and used that against each other. But when you're talking about being able to be in the environment, but to yeah. be opposite of it requires yeah. a different type of strength. Yeah. Because then that's when people are looking at you for you going against the curve yeah. and standing out in your uniqueness and saying, you know, I'm a vegan, yeah. right? Or, you know, uh, 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 you know, just any other forms of expression as outside the normal Norm. conditions Absolutely. of what's in the hood. Yeah. You feel me? And that requires a different type of elevation and a different type of mental fortitude. You know, growing up in the hoods of America, being the only black family on the block everywhere we grew up, right. that none of the kids in the environment ever understood that. Mm. Having a different dietary restriction, we don't eat pork or things of that nature, none of them understood that. Mm. We literally are in neighborhoods with children, we got different gods there. You understand me? And so there's a power that said, and that I see resonating today, mm. that doesn't exist the same way, mostly because communities are, don't exist in the same manner. Mm. But that rite of passage, especially when you can spark those conscious seeds younger, you understand me? A man may go through his rites of passage, may get off, but people ask me all the time, when did you start your journey? Mm -hmm. And like I say, it wasn't that I, where I started, you understand me, it's where I picked back up at. Right. You understand me? Because I, I, I really got lost along the way, mm. and then I was re-sparked, mm. you understand me, to find myself, and here I am again. Mm, but I can sure. show you proof when I was on it when I was a right. child, right. but when I made a conscious decision yeah. to be on this for myself, yeah. then that's what you see in front of you now. Absolutely. But in between that, I don't yeah. look like my journey, mm. you understand me? And I had to go through that same journey of impeccable listening. Yeah. Listening to Allah, listening to a source, give me guys and tell me what to do and me not always understanding it, but still submitting and saying, all right, I'm going to try that. I'm going to yeah. do that. Yeah. And it worked out every single time. Because mm. what you call impeccable listening, I call high level observation, mm. being able to see and hear exactly what you need and what the universe is providing for you and taking those signs as directions on where to go next. I sure. And every single time it led me to something better and Come higher. You understand me? Right, right, right. And being able to go through that man heal thyself journey for me was not only forgiving everybody within my life, mm. parents, my environment, my brothers, my sisters, mm. the people, everybody, myself, more importantly, I just remember taking a reflection and an overview of all my years in my life, just like mentally going through and traveling through every situation, mm. whether I felt like I was tough or whether I was being a coward in the situation, or like I was being good or I was being wrong, yeah. I had to look and I had to forgive myself in every situation and be just strip myself naked and be mm. honest. And that allowed me to come back into the present completely healed to move forward. Come on. You understand me? <laughs> so I appreciate I you all because the work you do, mm. I believe, allows more development of mm. men and women to grow as whole beings. Ah, sure. So I thank sure. you all thank for you, being on High Level Conversations. <laughs> this has thank been you, a very powerful, <laughs> sacred, and healing episode. Make sure y'all tap in. Peace. 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 <laughs> Fantastic build, beloved. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, 119 Keys. It was extraordinary um, being interviewed, questioned <laughs> by 19 Keys. He went into my soul.
and it was soul to soul. As he was talking, I was seeing images. Mm. And um, I was seeing a future that is so bright and so brilliant because he's seeing what I'm seeing. Mm. We're seeing the same thing. We were, it was um, Ucha to Ucha, first eye to first eye. Mm. And so I am in complete mm. and absolute support of his work and his vision and, and his team, because yeah. I know it takes a, a team to be successful right. and to grow us. So I, I felt he's, what I feel about 19 keys that he's growing us and he's tapped in and the way he was raised as part of his fuel. Mm. And I see his, I see his whole family when I see him. Absolutely. Yeah. And I see our family when I see him. Yeah. And I also felt um, the, the brotherhood between 19 keys and supernova. I felt a sacred, divine, supernatural brotherhood. Well, salute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, well, to, to add to um, Queen, yes, um, it was a high-level conversation. And, um, you know, the fact that, you know, that's the portal that 19 Keys is fellowshipping all of us on, you know, ciphering the great minds to have high-level conversations. That's what's necessary to put to shift the culture. You know, he's a shifter, right? So to really shift the culture and to have us really move back into our God, Goddess mindset, and deploy that with each other in a productive way for growth and development is is powerful. And the questions he he asked, um, as he says, you know, the conversation is based upon you know get, get bringing you into a general um, consciousness, and then from that general con consciousness, you're sparked to now go and take action and go in into the particulars, you know? So you may hear something out this conversation today that we that we had with 19 Keys, myself and my mother, Queen of Four, and it may, may, may it spark you to, like the plow we mentioned in the, uh, in the segment about the ancient comedic plow of uh, being the glyph of myrrh, to do the work, to go take this conversation further and do the work. And we also give you an action step about comment, like, and subscribe. Like, so if you, if you love this platform and you love high-level conversations, it lives on through the actions of support of others. So um, what I see from this is I see us continuing these high-level conversations and that you, um, you sisters can take these tenets of the sacred womb that Queen was talking about. Um, I invite the brothers to further journey with us with Man Heal Thyself. Um, this is a new book by my mother and myself, Queen of Four. Uh, just really giving brothers the, the additional tools, body, mind, and spirit to support him on his personal journey of self-mastery. So continue to have high-level conversations. Wellness Warriors, salute to my beloved brother, 19 Keys and team. <laughs> Why did I have Queen Out 4 and Supernova Slime on this episode of High-Level Conversations? It's because it was necessary that we have a spiritual connection for the culture um, and one that not only is a spiritual connection a soul conversation one that ties in deep to some of our deep-rooted issues and problems but also we talked about true masculinity and i really wanted to get a high level perspective on femininity sacred femininity sacred masculinity divine masculinity divine femininity and i think we touched on a lot of those different issues um, and realities and Queen Afua, she is a mentor. She is a, um, a spiritual intelligence that guides some of the highest lights in industries and in Hollywood and government and politics, women of all different backgrounds. And she transcends generations that young women today that are developing themselves on a sacred journey of understanding themselves as a woman in their womb are picking up her book of Sacred Woman 
you understand me, and tapping into those rituals and some of that ancient knowledge and going through that healing journey. And if there's one thing I know a sick society needs, that's healing. So they were uh, the perfect response to the reality. And I want to definitely thank Queen Afua and Supernova Slam for bringing in a very powerful duo as a mother and a son. And family is a very important topic that we need to tackle, but more so the synergy of family that works in a loving manner to produce success, business, and love. You know, the high-level conversations, kind of when you think about it, you, you think of things in like a very logical capacity, almost masculine, right? Having these high-level conversations can be seen as masculine because it's, it's more so a spark of logic and intellect, but it's also the necessity of creativity and arts in connection with that. I believe that everything that we do has to be spiritual, right? And it has to be a balance of the masculine and feminine. Now, this conversation happened to be about, you know, uh, the sacred woman, feminine energy and things of that nature. But I want to show and also give a platform for those who have a beautiful expression. You understand me? Because not all of us are intellects, authors, or even just get in front of the camera and speak. Some of us have a divine gift that we can give through a spoken word song you understand me um and i believe that that's some of our greatest forms of spirituality is that expression of our spirit itself utilizing our breath our tonality and things of that nature and starting this episode off specifically this episode it felt right you understand me because it's ushering in a new era of media and the way that we can do things because we live in a society that is wholly eurocentric and we often follow those templates and models when we want to have success and we don't always throw in that soul, you understand me? We don't always throw in something spiritual. So it was laying a fertile ground for the seeds that was coming in the conversation. And the poetry was immaculate and it was amazing. Deja J has, uh, when I first seen her, one of her pieces on Instagram, you know, I just thought about highlighting this piece that, you know, it needs a even uh, more aesthetic connected to it. And I wanted to see it in a certain manner and put it in front of audiences. I think we all have so many different hidden talents and talents that often deserve to be greater and highlighted. But when she speaks, she has a voice that is speaking directly from an ancestor's old, you understand me? And uh, directly streaming, you know, and speaking directly to you. And I think that if we heard more of that voice, that compassion, that validity, that authenticity in every day, I think our lives would be a little better. You understand me? And black women specifically, they have a power to speak directly to your spirit molecule. You understand me? To shift something inside you, to awaken something inside you. So I think that Deja J has a very beautiful future ahead of her, um, not only with the intellect that she possessed, you understand me, um, but the poetry, you understand me? The poetry is beautiful. And uh, we didn't do Def Jam poetry over here. Y'all talk about. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. You understand me? And we look forward to being able to curate more of the arts and expression and intellect in the form of high level conversations. I'm 19 Keys, and this is High Level Conversation. Tap in with the guy.
This episode is brought to you by Goldwater.